Welcome to Off the Mark with the Bickersteins. This is your podcast for all things marketing. I'm Mark. Get it, Mark in marketing. Mark Silverstein. The other half of our dynamic duo, Kathy, is off in some room in Clubhouse. Yes, Clubhouse. That's what we're talking about today. We're going to get into it a little bit, but I am sitting here with FOMO, fear of missing out, because with Clubhouse, you need an invitation to be part of the of the event, of the ongoings, of, of the conversation, of the discussion. And of course, Kathy, she has an invite. I do not. If you don't know what Clubhouse is, Clubhouse has recently become a wildly popular social networking app that is solely audio-based. People gather in audio chat rooms to discuss various topics, whether it's business, marketing, sports, wellness, etc. You name it, they're talking about it. It's kind of like talk radio meets podcasting, only, you know, the people who are participating are doing all the programming. And it is taking off in part because we've been living in a socially distanced world for over a year. People have turned to the Internet and social networks to stay connected. So right now, by invitation only, Kathy's in, I'm out, but we're going to fix all that. We're going to solve now. We're going to find out, most of all, what Clubhouse is, how it works, and I'm going to try to get one of those invitations. Our expert today, he is voice AI and social audio expert, Brett Kinsella. He's the founder and CEO of voicebot.ai a source for the most important news, commentary, research, and analysis of the growing voice technology segment. He also hosts the VoiceBot podcast, where he interviews entrepreneurs, engineers, and executives shaping the voice technology landscape. We're lucky to have him joining us today. Hi, Brett. Thank you so much for joining us. Brett, we built you up so much. I, I hope that, you know, <laughs> you're going, oh, gosh. Well, first of all, your voice is good. That is good. You, Yes. And as we record in some cavernous cave somewhere, um, we're, we're so glad that you sound well. So what, what does all that mean? What What is voice AI? And voice technology. Take us through that a little bit, because I'm fascinated by just the titles here. Okay, Sure. And we'll get to the social audio and we'll get to Clubhouse in just a couple of moments. But voice assistant technology, a lot of people are familiar with it from Siri. It's been around for almost a decade now in sort of the modern consumer instantiation. And that led directly to developments such as Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. And these have become really popular tools for consumers to interact with digital services. However, that's only part of the landscape. And that's one of the reasons why our organization exists. We cover news. And so we've published over 3000 articles on this space over the past four years. And, and you mentioned we have a podcast as well. We've got over 200 of those. So we've got that, but we also do a lot of research. And so we've got several dozen research reports, consumer surveys, direct analysis of the different technologies. And the reason why that turned out to be fairly useful is there are a lot of people who are looking at Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. Maybe some of your listeners here, maybe they're marketers or maybe they're consumers who use it, but maybe marketers who are thinking about that as a channel. They're trying to figure out what's happening there. What does it mean? How do I take the most advantage of it? And we happen to have the right analysis and, and data for them to be successful at that. And then there's on a consumer standpoint, people are also trying to figure that out. However, that's evolved significantly over the last several years. It's not really just about Apple or Amazon or Google anymore. There's all these custom assistants. I can almost guarantee you 
three out of four of your listeners today will have used a voice assistant inside of a mobile app. And almost all of them will have used it in a navigation app like Waze or Google Maps or something like that, because it is by far the most efficient way to get the name of your destination in there, trying to type it in with all these different things around street affordances and names and those types of things, very difficult. So in any event, the voice AI space, obviously I've been working in that since 2013, worked on building a, a voice assistant in a mobile app before Alexa was even launched, sort of this modern era. And uh, we just wind up building up this, uh, this resource for people around the research and data and news. And when social audio started to arise, like Clubhouse, it turned to be a natural adjacency to what we're doing for a couple of reasons. One is obviously we're a publisher, we have a community, we're active and educating people about what's happening. And so Clubhouse turned out to be a pretty good tool for that. The other thing is it is an audio technology and it is an audio first technology, unlike some of the other social media. So if you think about the technologies that we track in voice AI, a lot of them are directly relevant where you, there are a lot of people who are doing transcripts, for example, of clubhouse rooms. They're, they're analyzing them for sentiment to understand how people are reacting to different types of things that, that are in there. Uh, there's even a, a Russian bank put a bot in there to help manage clubhouse rooms. And we'll talk about what clubhouse is in, in case your, your audience doesn't know that today, but there are all sorts of voice AI technologies that fit perfectly with this rise of social audio because they're all complementary. So what, what's causing the industry to shift to audio and voice only platforms? So you would think that, you know, with Zoom and everything that um, the video would be so, and video obviously with YouTube, Instagram, TikTok has been so, so popular. So w why is audio becoming such a thing? We're going back to our radio days. Well, you know, audio is pretty powerful. And so you, you have a podcast here. People are probably listening. Maybe some are watching, but a lot of people are probably listening. There's a convenience associated with audio, which can't be matched by the other platforms because you can multitask is one. Uh, it's hands-free, eyes-free, uh, which is very helpful in certain situations, Some, sometimes just for convenience, but a lot of times it's, it's necessary. Uh, but also, there's no, there's no performative aspect. I should say there's less of a performative aspect, anything audio, than with video. I've talked to so many people, particularly women, most women have been saying this, but it's still true of men as well, who feel like the, the Zoom culture that we've built up actually has a lot of negatives in that they feel like they always have to be on, they always have to be ready. And some of these tools like Clubhouse just come as you are. No one can see you. You've got a little picture uh, profile. It's a little circle essentially. And that's all you're represented as. You just put whatever picture and people change them out and all these other types of things. But that's all you're represented as except for your voice. And your voice is always ready to go. You know what? It, it was funny because, you know, I, I went to broadcast. My voice isn't ready to go. I have nothing to say. I'm sorry. No, I'm interrupting <laughs> you. That's what's happening. My, why <laughs> should today be different no, from any other day? No, but let me tell you, I was in broadcast journalism. You and, were? Yeah. Shocker. I didn't, I didn't know that. And there was radio first. I went to radio and then I went to TV. And I have to tell you, between the two, I loved radio more because I would go in my sweatpants and I could like my hair was disheveled. And then you go to TV and 
you know, you have to have makeup on and people complain about your earrings or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, and now that's I guess. That's exactly now I guess. why, that, that, that's precisely why <laughs> Siri and Alexa became. <laughs> no, I'm so. just saying like the clubhouse format, I get it. I'm like, I just come as you are. I can, I can look like I normally do. I brushed my hair for this, for Brett. That's not, <laughs> he's, I'm sure he's thrilled. It looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. It's the first time I brushed in a week, but anyway, go ahead. All right. So, so all you young kids are talking about this clubhouse thing and grandpa over here does it. What, what is, I have FOMO. What you have an invite. What is this? No, I'm um, on clubhouse. I just don't know what to do with it. (laughs) He's on clubhouse, but has not given you an invite yet. I don't know why. Do I only get one invite? You probably have multiple, but I can get that, Mark. I got because your hair looks good. That's why. I, <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, you have a voice for TV. Okay, so the question is, what's Clubhouse? What is yeah. Clubhouse? Yes. Okay, so it's an app. So that's one thing to think about. You can't access it through the web. So you have to have a mobile app. And in fact, you have to have an iOS uh, device. So it could be an iPhone or an iPad in order to do it. They will be rolling out. Uh, Android soon. They haven't said exactly when, but I think it's sometime this quarter. And we're in 2021. So sometime between April and, and June, they will have an Android app as well. And essentially people are familiar with something like maybe Facebook groups, right? So they've been in there and all these people have a particular affinity or something like that. And they're talking back and forth. Well, think about Facebook groups as instead of people posting something with text, they're talking, they're all in the room together. You, you know who's online, you know who's in there. And there's certain people that are talking and maybe some other people are just observing. So they're in the audience. Another uh, metaphor that people like to think about is it's, it's kind of like the app version of being at a conference or a dinner party. And I'll give you the two different examples. So the conference would be, there's a couple of people on stage There's a bunch of people in the audience who are listening to a conversation of the people on stage. And then maybe some of the people from the audience will raise their hand, they can be brought up on stage and they can either make a comment or ask a question as well. So it's very much like that conference breakout session. There's some others that are like these conference big rooms where there might be two or three people on stage, generally notable folks, and there might be thousands of people in the audience just just listening to what they have to say. So, So that's the conference metaphor. The other metaphor, um, that we might think about is the dinner party. And so you can have private rooms for just the people that you're connected to. So they're in your audio social graph, so to speak, in, in Clubhouse, where you can just open up a room and you can talk one-on-one. You can have four or five people or you could just invite people that you're already connected to to the room. And so you can have more of a private conversation. <clears throat> but think of it as looking at an app. You've got a bunch of people in a space who can all talk uh, at, at the same time, some people might be listening. They can't talk. They have to be brought up on the stage by the whoever the room moderator is, but they can actually have a real-time conversation. And that's the last thing I'll leave you with about this. This is significantly different than other social media out there because the other social media we have is asynchronous. This is a synchronous social media. You have to be there to participate. If you're not there, it's gone. It's ephemeral. Now, there are some people who are recording it, and there's some policies around that where you can and can't record at different points. But for the most part, if you're not there, it's gone. And there's no concept of someone posting something and you reacting to it later, and then them reacting to it. It's all real time, just like you're in the same room together. You just happen to be in a digital room as opposed to a physical room. So as I'm getting used to Clubhouse, what would I would attend different sessions? I would find out, you know, I'm interested in 
old cars, say, or I mean, do I go looking for topics or how, how does it work piece by piece, step by yeah, step? So I say there's, a, there's three different things. There's people that you follow and that tends to be the most important driver of your activity. There's, and then there's topics which are sort of personal topics and then there's topics which are business topics or you know professional topics. And so those things all happen. So one of the things is you like cars, there's probably a club for people who like cars. And that club will have people who are very active in it and they'll schedule meetings. And then everybody in that club will be notified whenever that thing is. And maybe it's happening three days from now. You can put it on your calendar. Or maybe it's happening right now and you'll get a notification in your phone. You can jump in, hear what they're talking about, maybe jump up on stage. You can also create your own club or you can create your own room and just say, we're talking about uh, 57 Mustang or something like that. And just people will come in because the way people discover what's going on, whether it's through a club or through a person they're connected to through a notification or through what they call the hallway, which think of this as instead of a, of a feed, like all the most recent tweets that have been had or the most, most recent Instagram posts, they have a, a list of all the different rooms and those rooms populate in your hallway based on who you're connected to. And so what you'll see is uh, you'll see rooms that people you're connected to that are that they're hosting those rooms, or maybe they're just in the audience of those rooms. And so you can just scroll down and see which topics look interesting to you. You can jump in, you can spend a minute or two figuring out if you want to be there. You can leave. Nobody really cares. I mean, that's part of the culture. You sort of come in and out. There's, it's you're not offending people by, by leaving. Or maybe you stay for a while, and, and people stay for hours in these rooms sometimes. And, and and a lot of it's because there's some interesting conversation going on. And and I would say interesting conversation that's not happening in other social media platforms, which is almost the only other place we're having conversations today, because we don't get together physically. So so I had heard or read something, and tell me if this is accurate, that it's very important the first week you're on there to, to go through and establish yourself and do some things that first week if you want to um, you know, become an influencer or something clubhouse. Is, that, is, is there any truth to that? Is there any accuracy to that statement? Well, to become an influencer is one way that you can use the platform. And I would say that that's by far the, the, the least likely path that people follow. So okay. I think there's, there's a number of different ways people use it. And a lot of people use it uh, themselves in these different profiles. So for example, in some cases, they might be an influencer, let's say in their profession. But in other cases, they're just interested in a topic uh, because it's a, a hobby of theirs or something like that, but not an expert. And they just want to hear other people. Uh, maybe in another instance, they are trying to research something. It's something they might be interested in, or maybe it's for work and they, they don't know about quantum computing. And all of a sudden there's a couple of world-class experts just having a conversation in this room on quantum computing and you can learn a lot really quickly. So there's lots of different ways that people can, can use it to get together. Now, if you wanna be an influencer, that's like another conversation about trying to establish yourself. I would tell people, regardless of what they wanna do, is in that first week, you have this little party hat uh, that's that's there for the first seven days. After that, it sort of goes away and nobody really knows. I mean, people can tell how long you've been there, but they, they have to click into your profile and it says the date you joined and everything. But that party hat indicates that you're new. Uh, I would just go into a number of different rooms. I would listen where you're, I would go up on stage. I, I, people with party hats, 
and in many rooms are more likely to be brought up on stage. You have to understand that sometimes there's hundreds or thousands of people in this room. You raise your hand, maybe there's six or seven people on stage. They're not going to bring everybody up necessarily, but it's, it's, it's sort of interesting. The culture is to try to bring a few of the new people up um, so they get a chance to be on stage. Now that, that way you sort of get an understanding of how the mechanics work, but also how the culture works. And it is a different culture than other social media. So I'd say check out a lot of different things, personal, professional, different types of roles, start a room, start a room with some friends, you know, maybe the people that invited you there, start a room that you host a room and just, and don't worry about it. If only three people show up, I see those all the time. So sometimes, by the way, those rooms with fewer than 20 people are the best. Uh, so the other thing that'll happen is particularly as you get up on stage, people will start to follow you. Well, they'll follow, follow you if, if you say things that are meaningful and useful. Sometimes you won't necessarily get a lot of follows if, if you say something that, that might not be. So I wouldn't say, you know, try to express yourself, only try to express yourself in areas where you actually have something meaningful to say, uh, but you'll get followers. And so when those followers come along, anytime you open up a room or you join a stage, they'll be notified. Uh, that that happens. And that's the first step to becoming an influencer. But I, I think people who are influencers on other platforms in particular need to think about how they want to be an influencer, how they want to be perceived on this platform. It is a little bit different, but it's also early. So it's not as early as it was a few months ago because there's between 10 and 20 million people on the platform, but that's a lot different than there already being a hundred million or a billion people on the platform. It's still a time when you can carve out a niche and you can, you can build that audience and become an influencer. We're talking with Brett Kinsella. He's the founder and CEO of VoiceBot.ai. We're discussing how your business can get the most out of the new social audio network, Clubhouse. Like Instagram, you know, it's much harder now. The people who started TikTok or, you know, Vine, which is gone or whatever, YouTube shorts, like I keep hearing, you know, it's easier in the beginning and then later it's harder because, you know, then advertising starts and then you got to pay to play kind of build up. It's, it's just harder. So you would say the same thing if you wanted to, to become an influencer or to, um, you know, get a following, it's easier obviously to start earlier than, you know, jumping yeah. in 50 million or hundred million. So I guess the goal is to become an influencer or to, to, start rooms that are, I mean, if you're going to use this for marketing, um, you know, do you, do you, when you talked about the culture, if you're going to start a room, do you have to have, you know, become accustomed to webinars on Zoom? Um, do you have to have a whole playlist of what you're going to talk about? And, uh, you know, not obviously not a PowerPoint, but uh, yeah. And, and then how do you turn that into a, to business for yourself? I think the first thing you have to think about if you were to compare it to something like Zoom, for example, is it is a conversation. It's not a presentation. If it's, there, there are a couple people who do presentation oriented rooms, but uh, those tend to be more like the multi-level marketers and, and some of the other sort of segments that, that that's what they do. They're always pitching, always pitching, always pitching. That's a small percentage of the, of the activity there. And it's not a great way to sort of build your brand and the space. So you think about this idea of a conversation. So you wouldn't necessarily have your slides prepared, but it's not a bad idea. If you've got a topic you want to talk about, have four or five points you want to make. And I'll give you a pro tip about this. So, so let's say you want to have a really good conversation about 
some topic X, you know, important to your industry. And you want to uh, make sure that you cover a couple of points. And I'd say that let's, let's say you want to host it for an hour. You probably only need three or four points that you want to cover, particularly if it's something you have something meaningful to say about. I would invite two to three other people uh, to, to be in the room with you. Don't just, you don't hold court, right? It's, it, there's, it's almost never just one person on stage. I, I can't think of a single time I've been in a room with just one. So you have some other people in there because you want to have this conversation with them, but have them be able to also talk about X and you can just ask them questions. And as a, this is a great, this is a great tip for influencers on Instagram. You have to push, you have to push, push, push. If you don't put content out there, you're not the person for that topic or, or that idea, right? But if you, on, on Clubhouse, you can actually be viewed as really smart and a leader in your space just by asking smart questions of people who are in the room. They'll just, they'll just impute their expertise to you. And you probably have it already because you're asking the good questions and, and you know these people, or at least they've decided to share the stage with you. And so, so the other thing about having someone else smart on the stage, and this is, this is sort of your user-generated content. You're just, it's like guest-generated content, right? Uh, in that. The other thing is, when those people join your stage, all of the people that follow them will be notified that they're in a room and they're talking. And so that'll increase your audience size in the room. Those people then will be not only, they'll, they'll follow the per, they'll, they'll see the person that they already are following, but they will also, they'll also then know about you and they probably didn't know about you before. So that's, a, that's another great thing. When you bring pe other people from the audience up on stage, that'll also ping them. So if you have people, particularly if they've got a good following, there are people with over a million followers or people with tens of thousands or people with 500 or a thousand, all of them help to, to build your room. And the other thing is, you know, try to make the rooms really inclusive where you do bring the people up from the audience to engage as well, uh, because that'll help you. So that's, that's one thing around sort of building a room and starting to build this area. If you focus on one or two topics where you really have expertise, Get some people say, what would be a great conversation? What would be really interesting to me? You do that, the audience comes, then you can see, you know, are, are there people coming? Is it growing? And I wouldn't worry about it starting out small because that's somewhat logical. Uh, it'll grow over time. It sounds like um, one of the things is that you, you really should be very organic. You should come at this and not like look at it and be super markety because it sounds like that's not the culture. Is that right? Yeah, you can't be. Okay, because people will see through that. This is supposed to be like a community. You're supposed to be having a, a good conversation. A, a, you know, let's say it's something environmental, climate change, sustainable fashion, something like that. Then you would like really want to connect with people and you're trying to you know, share ideas, move a topic forward, whatever, that type of yeah, stuff. And I think we're at the point with Clubhouse, so there's enough people on there that you're not trying to build an audience. You're trying to help your, your audience find you. And those people might be your audience already through another channel. So they already know you, or they might be people who should be your audience on these other channels, but they've never found you. And they're just finding you in this new area. So absolutely, this idea of being organic, uh, it is definitely a soft sell. It's much more about expertise and interesting concepts and, and points. You know, I just, had a, I just had a room yesterday on GPT-3. Now, I don't think many of the people listening to this will know what this is, but they they'll learn what it is later because essentially it's somebody went through the entire internet, took AI, applied it against it, and then you can ask it questions and it'll, it'll 
it'll write entire poems and articles and essays based on your questions, just pulling stuff from the internet. And a lot of it's very cogent. It can do some basic math. It can translate you know, Python to JavaScript code. There's a lot of things that are amazing that can be done. But the, the point about that, <laughs> it's probably more detail than we needed. The point about that is I had seven people who are actually experts on this. It's only been out for a year and it's, it's an open source project. And all of them, you know, there were a hundred people in the room or so. They all got more followers. Uh, people followed up with me afterwards. I didn't know that you were researching GPT-3, right? And so it's one of those things that very organically builds up. And I would think about it if I'm a marketer, it's just another element of your marketing uh, channel. And a lot of people, I think, most effectively use this as a way they, they build up that room and they say, oh, by the way, we if you want to learn more about this topic, we just wrote an article in our blog post, or we have this, uh, we have this community in Discord uh, where we talk about this today, or maybe a Facebook group or something like that. And then you can raise more awareness about your other channels where you engage with people other ways, which might be more push content as opposed to sort of this interactive conversational. How does this all stay civil? I mean, we know how toxic the internet can be and all the different, uh, you know, am I being a fifth grader would sit there lobbing, you know, spitballs at the, the speaker. Yeah. Virtually. So d- does it stay civil? Not always, uh, but mostly it does. And I think it's a representative, it's a representation of actually our, our society and the world that we live in the analog world is that there are, there are uncivil, incivil interactions that you'll have out in the community from time to time. But for the most part, people are pretty polite. You have nice interactions. And I think that that's really what we see. There are some rooms, and you can just look at the room topic title uh, that uh, that will get into some of these. And some of them start out very civil and it's like a tough issue and, and then they break down <laughs> and all sorts of bad things happen. But there's a couple things that, that happen. So first of all, I'd say that the most important thing is that most people want to have good interactions. The other thing is when someone is actually speaking, you can hear their voice and there's other people in the room engaged in the conversation. It's much harder to be that anonymous troll just sniping at somebody because you're the one who looks bad then. And what'll happen is if you, you do that- You your real name too, right? I mean, you can't just- do focus on real identity. Yes, there are, there are a couple of exceptions to that, but for the most part, that's, the, and I, I'm not sure how hard they're enforcing it right now, but that is a stated policy that you need to have real identity. And then like, there's other disincentives. Like when you do this, like people will stop following you because they'll be like, oh, that person's not very nice or they, you know, they don't treat people well, forget about what their point is. They're like, I don't know if I want to be associated with them. There's also a way to report people that, uh, and, and what clubhouse does is they actually keep a recording of every session. I think it's, it's for a very short period of time. It's like for a day or two, very short. And if they don't get any complaints, they get rid of it, but they will use that if they do get some complaints to go back and look at the transcript, uh, or listen, listen to it and see if there really was something that, you know, determines follow-up. But I would say that for the most part, that's that's something that you would expect that would there would be more of. They're not. And that's one of the reasons people really love it. It is so much nicer than being in a, even a Facebook group, which you think it's all people, same thing. Boy, some of those people in there can be really, really okay. unpleasant. Yes, toxic. Um, 
Would you say is Clubhouse here to stay? I mean, is this going to be like one of those, you know, MySpace trendy things that, and there'll be copycats of Clubhouse? Or do you think this is going to be something that's really going to grow into the next Instagram, the next TikTok, whatever? So I do think Clubhouse itself is here to stay. More broadly, I think social audio is here to stay. Um, in most cases, it's just going to be a feature on top of another social platform. But in the Clubhouse space, I think they really have a good formula. In fact, what you're going to see is there, there's over 30 companies right now that are either social audio apps or you know have that as a feature baked in, a prominent feature baked in. So it's we hear about Clubhouse because it was the first one out that had prominence, uh, and you know they very quickly were able to scale up after a, sort of a long incubation over the last year. But this this uh, space is moving quickly. So Spotify just bought Locker Room, which was one of the, which was a clubhouse competitor, but was specifically focused on sports. Um, they're going to turn it into a music, celebrity, sports type of feature within the Spotify app, which makes sense. It's an audio app. People are engaging there. So it's, and they have all of these music celebrities, which are also in clubhouse. They're like, well, why wouldn't you do it here where people can just get your music and things like that? Uh, and then we're seeing, uh, other companies that have some prominence, like Twitter, for example, is Twitter Spaces, which is going to be rolling out probably in the next week or two. Uh, and that's just a layer on top of Twitter where you can tweet or you can start a room and people can join you and have a conversation. And, and it's almost exactly the Clubhouse uh, UI. Uh, you know, Facebook's talked about it. LinkedIn has, has just said they're doing something. Discord, I don't know if a lot of your listeners tried Discord, but you know, Discord is started out as a gaming platform, but now it's just like a community building platform. Really tremendous, kind of like Slack was for a couple for a short period of time. But Discord, I think, is going to be much bigger. They've just added a really significant social audio feature, and they've had audio channels for a long time. Uh, so I expect that. So I think there's going to be social audio. This idea that we can interact in real time in digital platforms is going to be ubiquitous this year. And so people are not going to be able to avoid it. Then the question is like, how do you spend your time? Which one do you want to spend time on? Which ones make sense for you? Uh, but I do expect Clubhouse to be the one independent that probably succeeds because it has enough momentum, enough adherence now. So, so let's say, okay, if you're a business, like take me through, because I know you, you can't be too markety. Let's say you're a fashion designer and you are specifically sustainable fashion. Like that is your niche. I only do, I, I produce stuff that's green. Who do I know who does that? I don't know. I don't know anybody I, I who have, does that, but I, that's. My daughter, maybe? She's not a fashion so it's, designer. It's hypothetical. She's not a fashion designer. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, let's say you, I'm trying to think of a company. Like, so. Okay. Um, let's start, let's start with that one. Cause it so be let's start. So, I, so I want to be an influencer, but I can't be markety and I, and I know I can't just sell. Right. Because that's not cool. So how do you like make a niche, a niche for yourself or a name for yourself? Like, how would you start? What would be, you know, step one, step two, step three? Okay. So what's, what's your most important channel today before you get into Clubhouse? Instagram, because it's visual. Okay, great. So you've got this Instagram, you're trying to build that up. And you know, what's great about Instagram is in your profile for Clubhouse, you can link one of two things or both Twitter or Instagram. So a lot of people have both. Some will just have one or the other. Some will have none, but that's, so there is a very quick path to increasing your Instagram followers just by being active and being sort of a smart, thoughtful person on Clubhouse. It happens every day. Uh, so, and, and you should do that connection and stuff like that because what happens is when you're on stage, 
people are looking at that screen all the time. You think of it as this thing that's going to be just, you're listening. It's hands-free, eyes-free, right? It's actually not the way people use it. People spend a good amount of time just looking at that screen. And all you see are these little circles with people's faces, right? And then the person who's speaking, it sort of pulses a little bit. So you can, you can identify who's speaking. And so people just scroll through and they say, oh, who's on stage? Who's in the audience? And they'll just pick. And they're like, oh, what's, what's their background? So you have this little bio, right? And they're like, oh, they're, they're kind of interesting. I'll give them a follow on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah, they're on Instagram. Let me check that out. Okay. So I, I just needed to lay that down, that there's some mechanic here that's, that's really important. So you go in and you say, okay, uh, sustainable fashion. Is that what this is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So sustainable fashion. I'm going to start a club probably. Um, but first couple thing, first couple, uh, first week or so you can't start a club. So maybe you just, you find some fashion things. You try to connect with some people, get on a couple stages, get to know some people who are on clubhouse and are active who are talking about fashion or maybe sustainability or both. Right. And then, so that's, uh, that's for your first couple of weeks. And then I would say, start, a, you maybe start a room or something just to, and think of this as like market research. We're mm-hmm. talking today about sustainable fashion, see who shows up. Right. And maybe, maybe try to get one or two other people that you've already met in clubhouse to join you on stage and just have a conversation. There's no pressure, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, maybe it'll get really popular. Maybe you get 500 people in there and you're, you're there three hours later. And it's like, all of a sudden your follower count went from hundred to 800, you know, in just one session or something like that. Okay. So you've got this thing, create a club, sustainable fashion. So now the clubs are really interesting because people can follow the clubs. They don't even have to follow you. They could follow the club. And anytime someone, you or one of the other people in your club start a room that's hosted by your club, they'll get notified, right? But if you're a club owner, people also, if they look at that club, if you create the club, you'll be at the top of the list. So you Mm -hmm. wind up getting some free follows there. And those are really high value follows because they've already opted in. They saw the name of what your club was. They, They read the little blurb description of what it's about. And they said, Oh, this is interesting. Oh, and this person founded it. I'm going to follow them because I want to know more about it. So this is like a high value follow. And then what you do is you start running regular rooms and you do the, all those other techniques that I told you about inviting interesting people, do conversations. But the question is, how are you going to use that room? So one of it is to meet other people. Now that might be other people that in your market who could be influencers that help your business because they're going to be in other rooms and they're going to say, I was just in a clubhouse room with such and such. They have this amazing thing. I can't believe more people aren't buying their products. Then you have all the people in the audience. And I assume this is part of it. Like, Oh, I've never heard of that. What's the website? What's the Instagram? Yeah. Right. And so, and then when you announce your room and usually about every 10 to 20 minutes, you do a refresh of the room because people come in and out of the room all the time. You say, oh, this is the such and such room. I'm I'm this person. We've got these other guests here. This is what we're talking about today. Oh, and by the way, we, we were just talking about this. You can see an example of that on my Instagram. Just tap on my face, right? So that's your, your, your image on the screen and just scroll down and uh, tap on my Instagram link and you'll be able to see what we're talking about. That's, that's great. Uh, I mean, I could just see so many different areas that... Um, these niches has got to be really important because, you know, when you think of niche marketing, you know, you start niche and then you can grow bigger, I guess, is probably how you should do it. Just like on a lot of those other platforms, right? Because you're building your niche. So you're getting people are very interested in this one particular topic where you have a lot more expertise and then you can grow from there and expand, right? 
I think that's exactly right. And if you think about this idea of sustainable fashion, I love that example, by the way. I don't know why Mark didn't like it, but but I'm going to take your side, Kathy. So <laughs> thank you. I like stuff. I like throwing things out. Um, I'm not I'm not around for much longer. So, you know, the hell with the world. Man. Oh, my God. No, no, none of us are around much longer. The uh, so sustainable fashion is great because that's a really tight niche. I don't know how many people even talk about that on Clubhouse because I haven't come across it, but I'm sure it's probably there somewhere. But you could develop a significant uh, reputation in that space very quickly. And then I think, well, what's the next layer out? Well, maybe it's fashion, right? Or maybe it's sustainability. And then all of a sudden, you get introduced to all these other new audiences. And, and the fashion and sustainability groups are really large. But because you're this expert in this one little area, these other people who are hosting rooms and sustainability will be like, you know, we've never had a, a session on sustainable fashion. Who, who could we have on this? This is really interesting. Or I heard about the sustainable fashion. We should invite this person up. And maybe the, and maybe the person who leads sustainability has 35,000 followers and regularly has rooms of 800 and more people. You show up on the stage and you start talking about something novel. They're going to be like, this is amazing. And oh, by the way, I'm going to follow them. But also, maybe I want to buy some of this. Right? And so I will tell you that a lot of people are actually getting business off of Clubhouse. In fact, I interviewed 10 different people for, uh, for my podcast. We did them over three different sessions. I did like 20 minute interviews of a bunch of people who are on Clubhouse. And I would say every one of them who were hoping to get business out of it, got of it. I think there's like two who had like hadn't really thought about it. Uh, but let's say there's eight, all of them had gotten business maybe half of them were looking to get business out of it. And the other half weren't, it just came to them wow. because they were seen as thoughtful people. They're, they're focusing on the, their area of expertise and people have come up to them and said, Oh, Hey, could we collaborate on this or one about this? Or, you know, it'd be really interesting if you could consult with us on it. Thanks for listening to off the mark with the Bickersteins. We are talking with social audio expert, Brett Kinsella. Yeah, as fascinating and as uh, interesting as you are, Kathy cannot wait to get off this now and go do sustainable fashion. No, I like wow! I just hit the mother load right now. No, I just Brett I, says I'm on. The other thing is, I just think it's so important that you need to come to this with the mindset of just you know being an expert in your area, and you can't come to it as a selling. That's going to be really important to tell people like, don't come to this thinking about selling. You, you need to think about this, about uh, growing a conversation. And this the, the selling may be a result of byproduct, but, and that would be awesome. But that's not what you come in the door for because you're going to be seen. Well, the point I keep getting from Brad is that uh, networking is, is critical to what you do here. Yes, and in fact, uh, Laura Gassner-Ossing, uh, people know her as LGO, she's, she's an author. Uh, really well-known, well-regarded speaker. She actually plans out her week. She's a big planner. Everything's scheduled in her in her calendar. And she lists every one of the clubhouse things in the category of networking. Uh, and she's definitely gotten work. She's gotten speaking gigs, a few other things from it. Uh, and she doesn't go in trying to pitch anything. Mostly she just facilitates really good conversations. People like her when she does, you know, add her own her own input. She's, she is an expert in her area. So it's always very thoughtful. Uh, but yes, networking is one of the key things. And it's one of the hardest things to do right now. Certainly that's very hard to do. Maybe in LinkedIn, it's okay, but it's not really good. It's certainly hard to do on other social media and without conferences and physical space, there's not a lot of places for us to do networking. You know, it's gotta be 
feel more fun networking too, because, you know, and, and more like, I would feel like I would have more time to network because A, I wouldn't have to like get ready. I don't have to go to like a five to seven, you know, cocktail hour. I can like buzz out and leave, you know, unless I'm hosting, obviously. It could always be cocktail hour. You could well, I could, be, be dr- I could be drinking the entire time. <laughs> Nobody would know or judge. We do a conversational AI. So the oh. MySpace, so the voice technology. Uh, oh, cool. happy, happy hour every Friday. And you know, uh, probably half the people are drinking, half the people are not. It depends. But the other thing too is, uh, it's one thing if you're regionally based, right? And so you're just serving people in your area where it might be okay for you guys to all get together regularly. But my business is a global business. So I have people all over the world, you know, from, from New Zealand to, to Poland who I interact with, but not very often together. Uh, but you can set a time. And, and I, it really helped me stay in touch with uh, a lot of my contacts from Europe. Because uh, they'll just drop in at different times. You just sort of figure out good times for U.S. time zones, European time zones. I have this one session I run every Monday, and that's like an innovation room around voice and AI technologies. And I always have like an expert. This is where we did the GPT-3, but usually it's like a company founder or an innovator has got a patent holder, those types of things. We just talk for 30 minutes or so, and then I bring people up on stage, and they can ask any questions they want. We set it at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because that's going to be in Central Europe, it's going to be 9 p.m. So they put the kids to bed. Uh, and uh, in Australia, New Zealand, it's going to be early morning. So they have breakfast with us. And then in the U.S., it's you know, either afternoon or midday. And so we get people from all over the world together. And you can, it's amazing. You bring them up on stage. And it's, it's like these conferences that you, you may have attended where you have people from all over the world. But usually it's really concentrated in one geography. This will be equal concentration from different parts of the world. Mm. Wow, that's really cool. This is, uh, it, it, it just sounds, um, it's a fascinating way to connect, connect with people. And I would think because conferences also have been canceled, right? I mean, I'm sure they'll start soon sometime, um, or they're probably starting now, actually. Um, but, you know, conferences, international conferences, like people yeah. didn't travel to go to, you know, con- Consumer Electronics Show was, I think, this past year. So um, this, this probably, this probably is going to be a component that stays even because some people will be like, it's more convenient to have a conference this way than and less expensive. I think that's the goal, right? That's the business of Clubhouse, which is how do they make money? They don't know yet. Or, well, <laughs> they don't tell They'll you. get bought by Google, right? Isn't that what happens? Well, I, I don't know that, I don't know that the the federal bureaucracy would allow Google to buy a company like Clubhouse these days. Maybe they would. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like any social media company, they could get bought. I, I think they they say their intent is to stay independent. Um, they say that they have some idea of how they're going to make money. But right now, they don't. In fact, they just enabled monetization as well. So there are people now who you can, you can pay. Like, you can send cash to them while they're hosting a room or at any time, it's like essentially like a tipping concept. Or if they're hosting a room, which is uh, you know potentially pay only room, uh, you can send cash. They just enabled this yesterday for a small percentage of the creators. That's what they call the people who host rooms, creators, because uh, they're creating this experience. But uh, so they, they did that. But even with that, the Clubhouse isn't taking any of the fee. The fee, except for the, the credit card processing fee, it go, all the money goes directly to whoever the person's being sent to. So I could hold an event and I could just say, um, you know, anybody can come, but it's $10 to join. 
Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that that's the point right now. There, you could have a private room, and only people who can get in, you know, pay for it. Or like you only the way you would probably do it is they send you money, and then you only invite them to the room if if they've paid for it. Uh, they're still working out the mechanics there, but that's one. And but then the other thing is just like tipping. You're like in a room, and boy, this person's really amazing. I'm I've really gotten out a lot of a lot out of this. I'm going to send them five bucks or something like that, and just. Because once you uh, put your credit card against it, you can you can tip people anytime you want. Wow. What what is a hot topic there? You, you talked about that you didn't. Have- well, monetization. <laughs> yes, yesterday, like every room was talking about. Hey, Clubhouse now allows you to pay pay people in the rooms. <laughs> um, the, the you know hot topics in uh, in Clubhouse are almost anything that you would see in the news trending that day. Uh, and then there's some there's some other things that are like come back, but there's always things that are like this just happened. Um, Elon Musk just said this. There'll be an Elon Musk room, right? Uh, uh, you know, Kanye uh, just did this. There'll be something talking about Kanye. Uh, but I will tell you the number one rule of Clubhouse, when particularly when you first join, <laughs> it seems it's not as much like this as it was a little while ago. But it was like the opposite of Fight Club. You know, so the one rule about Clubhouse is that when you're in Clubhouse, you talk about Clubhouse. Um, so people will do that a lot. Um, so that's a very popular topic always. Uh, there's a lot of very top popular topics around marketing techniques. There's, mm-hmm. there's this whole genre around uh, influencers and becoming a better influencer on Clubhouse. So a Clubhouse room talking about how to be an influencer on Clubhouse led by Clubhouse influencers. Uh, so those are always very popular. A lot of the sciences, really wonderful. Uh, there's things, everything from bioethics to uh, 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 pharmaceutical research uh, to AI, uh, quantum computing, we mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, ethics uh, across a number of different areas, environment and sustainability, also very popular rooms on those, and startups. Wow, a lot of rooms about startups and techniques to build your business. One last question, I guess. Like, what, what didn't we ask you that you think that's important? to mention about this topic or about social And then I have one last, last question after that. Well, I think we we touched on it pretty close and your background in journalism probably did a nice job of hitting the landscape. I would say that uh, just to characterize a couple points, sort of why you should be thinking about engaging in this space and then how. Uh, So why you should be doing this is it is a entirely new way to engage with people who are either direct customers or indirectly can help your business. And I would say that even if Clubhouse were to fail in six months, a year, two years from now, time spent now in that space will not be wasted because this interaction model is going to persist. And every other company is basically copying the clubhouse model. So anything you learn, the techniques, the practices, the skills you learn about moderating, because a lot of people don't have these, those are going to be transferable to social audio on all these other platforms. You might decide that you just learn on clubhouse, but then Twitter spaces is going to be your place that you're going to do really well. Or maybe when Facebook rolls out their piece or Spotify, that's where you're going to make your mark, but you'll use this as a time to learn. And so I think that this idea of engagement and then also this learning period is really important. And everyone sort of accepted that everyone's learning right now a little bit. Uh, the second thing is how, and I think how is really what we talked about, this idea of 
you know, going in and, and giving yourself a week or two just to learn about what's going on there because the culture is so important. There is a reason why I think about all these. When we talked about, there's over 30 of these. It seems like it's just Clubhouse because they're the ones that get all the headlines. But each of them is going it has a distinct culture. And I've been in many of them because I get early access to a lot of them because I'm covering this space. So you need to think about this idea of learning what's going on so that when you then turn, you, you, you make the pivot to say, okay, now I'm going to start leading. You, you're actually going to do it in a way that's going to be successful and you're going to be able to build it over time. And I think the other thing is really think incrementalism. There's some people who are going and just try to like, you know, today I'm just going to get a thousand followers or although it probably doesn't happen anymore. Maybe that could have happened two or three months ago, but you know, I'm going to get a hundred and for this room and stuff like that. Don't worry about that. Just go in. You're going to get a few, be consistent about it. You know, it doesn't have to be every day, but you have to be consistent about it, at least on a weekly basis, maybe a couple of times a week and, you know, find your niche and then expand your niche, just like we would do with branding. So we talk about, talk about this. I've done brand strategy for people for years. And you know, the idea is get known for something because it's really hard in this world to get known for anything. So if you can get known for something, that's really valuable. But once you're known for something, people will give you a little leeway and they'll let you be known for something else too, because they'll let, they'll let that that trust that they have in you, there's one area to carry over to another area. So you might have five things that you're amazing at. Just start by getting known for one, and then you can add two, three, and four over time. Aside from Clubhouse, what's the next thing I'm going to be screaming at or yelling curse words at or like I did with Siri or Alexa until it got better at what it does? Virtual humans. Say again? Virtual humans. So I'll have friends now, like, <laughs> and I can program them to, no, I'm joking. <laughs> well, friends. actually, yeah, maybe uh, there's some of that going on. You're going to see it a lot in media and also in customer service. So the idea here is that we already have voice assistants, chatbots, things like that, which you can have a conversation with. Now we're embodying them, right? So they're either having some sort of illustrated avatar or it's, it's actually a, it's a, it's a rendering of a human face. Could be a real person. So, like, you know, we've written recently about Tara in Southern, uh, who's she was a YouTuber for many years, and she's done other things like TV. You know, she's got this uh, what she calls a virtual clone of herself, and she creates YouTube videos with that clone. And so that's what she, now you can't really interact with her, but then you have others that are interactive, which like you, um, you know, Toll House just did this. So there's um, I can't remember the name of it. It's basically the woman who founded Toll House, um, but you can actually talk to her about recipes and cookies and things like that. And it's like this embodied digital human. Do we need, are people going to be, are we going to be, do we're we, just the, are, we're are just, we needed anymore? We're, like, the, we're the caterpillar that will then open up into the butterfly of the AI. Uh, that's not my, that was, I stole that from Joe Rogan. Um, okay. So, but uh, he, I, I heard him ask that question and I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what we are. We're, we're, are we're just are we a, replaceable? <laughs> I'm replaceable. You're not. Like I could be a clone. You're not replaceable. Well, hopefully they fix my voice in a better, <laughs> in a better version of Kathy, but anyway. <laughs> okay. So virtual humans, watch that. That's one of the things that we're going to start seeing a lot more of. I, I would say that you know, maybe three years ago, people started learning about Alexa and Google Assistant. And they're like, oh, I need a smart speaker for my home. Or why are people putting those things in their home? We're going to have the same type of thing within the next year where people are going to be like, what is that thing? It looks real. People are talking to it. And it's not real. 
And so I have a question. Is this where we get to like concerns of the future? Like, let's say, let's say uh, uh, the AI is so good at mimicking my voice. And so literally you can't tell the difference between my voice and an AI and that, or, or not me, because nobody cares about what I say, but let's say the president of the United States, and then they put a statement out on audio and it's deep, in it. Deep fakes. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, is that going to get worse? Like, are we, yeah. are, is it going to become, yes. <laughs> there's your answer. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get a lot worse. Uh, you know, at the same time, there's like an arms race here and, and there are all sorts of technologies to detect deep fakes. So deep fakes right. are getting better, but the actual, the technology to detect deep fakes is actually well ahead of that at this point. And also there's very few deep fakes that you would look at that you wouldn't be able to tell. How frightened should we be? <laughs> I wouldn't be frightened at all. I think okay. this, this is all good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for making me. Where, where can people get in touch with you or, or, or do you want them to get in touch with you <laughs> and, and or follow why? you on Clubhouse? And or? why do they want to get what, what, how can you help them? Okay. Well, so if, if you want to know anything about uh, voice AI technologies, voice assistants, Alexa skills, those types of things, you should definitely follow us because we have the most data, the most research on that. And then we also have probably the most information around social audio right now, like Clubhouse. So just, I mean, two, I'll, I'll tell you three things, very simple. Voicebot.ai is a place that you can go and get all that information. So that's where our news and you can get to our research from there. And there's actually a tab if you're interested in social audio on Clubhouse, it just says social audio at the top of the website. So you click that, you'll see a lot of the recent articles on it. So that's one place. And then I'm at Brett Kinsella. So it's B-R-E-T-K-I-N-S-E-L-L-A. And I'm, I'm that same on Twitter and on Clubhouse. If you follow me on either of those, you'll see what I'm doing on either one of those spaces and, and, and hopefully be able to connect on what we're doing. I'm going to start stalking you in Clubhouse. You'll be my first. Or is that is it appropriate you to stalk people? You won't have Clubhouse? a party hat on. Or... <laughs> well, I lost my party hat status. But oh, anyway. you lost, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, so so we'll follow each other on Clubhouse. That'll be fun. I'll 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 jump into your uh, uh, sustainable fashion rooms. That'll be fun. Thank you. Um, and you can come to come my couple of my happy hours or whatever. And then you can see you can see also you, you'll learn the different types of rooms because I have different rooms and they have different ideas, like different uh, ways to moderate the rooms. So you think about basically you're creating a different experience. Okay. I'll come with my alcohol. And, and I'm going <laughs> to get known. get known for one thing, and which is saying goodbye to Brett Brett Kinsella. Yeah, wrapping me up. That's what he'll be known for. <laughs> yeah, if we if this would never end if I didn't just step in right now. The founder <laughs> and CEO of Voicebot.ai. You've been a wealth of information. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brett. That was fun. Mark and Kathy, it's been a pleasure. The Off the Mark podcast is a presentation of On the Mark Media. Please feel free to contact us at On The Mark Media on Twitter and Off The Mark at OnTheMarkMedia.com. And all those marks, they're with a C. So it's M-A-R-C, just to make it a little more, well, better for you. It's better for you. All right. We'd be delighted to hear from everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, we're the Bickersteins, Bickersteins. Whatever you call us, just make sure you listen in. Thanks for joining us.